Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi there, and welcome back to Unknown History, a podcast full of quirky tales from the past. He was small, plump-cheeked, and going bald, a skilful lawyer who had long defended the underdogs of society. Now, in May 1931, Hans Litten was preparing to take on the most formidable foe in his entire career. In the dock before him stood Adolf Hitler, leader of the Nazi party, who was accused of waging a systematic and brutal war against the enemies of Nazism. Hans Litten, the chief prosecutor, was determined to prove Hitler guilty. The Eden Dance Palace trial was to prove one of the most dramatic legal showdowns in history. In the run-up to the case, Lytton, who was born of Jewish parents, had grown increasingly appalled by the lawlessness of Hitler and his supporters. Just a few months earlier, an SA Roll Commando, a small paramilitary unit, had launched a savage attack on a nightclub frequented by communists. Three people were killed and 20 badly injured in a violent brawl that had clearly been planned in advance. Hans Litten centred his case on four of the injured, convinced that he would be able to secure a conviction for manslaughter against their attackers. If found guilty, the perpetrators of the violence could expect to spend years behind bars. But Litten hoped to achieve far more than the prison sentence for the men. He wanted to demonstrate that the Nazis were deliberately and systematically using terror tactics to destroy the Weimar Republic. If he could prove this, the days of the Nazi party were certain to be numbered. Litten summoned Hitler to the witness stand on the 8th of May 1931. He began by contending that SA Unit Storm 33, which had attacked the Eden Dance Palace, had done so with Hitler's full support. Hitler was wary of being challenged in court by Hans Litten, for he knew that he was facing a formidable adversary. Litten had a brilliant intellect and a near photographic memory. He was to use all his intellectual resources in his attempt to destroy Hitler's credibility. Litten asked Hitler why, if he preached non-violence, did he allow Goebbels to use the slogan, one must pound the adversary to a pulp? Hitler was rattled by this and claimed that Goebbels was merely using a metaphor. What he'd meant to say, said Hitler, was that the Nazis needed to dispatch and destroy opposing organisations. Litten chipped away at Hitler, constantly reminding the court that Goebbels' violently anti-Semitic propaganda was endorsed by the Nazi party. He cited Goebbels' revolutionary journal, The Commitment to Illegality, as an example of a party-sanctioned publication. The Nazis, he said, 
were a party dedicated to violence and lawlessness. As the trial progressed, Lytton steadily got the upper hand. He produced scores of examples of Nazi-sponsored brutality and flaunted it before the court. Hitler was enraged. Unable to control his anger, he shot to his feet and started screaming at Lytton. How dare you say, Herr Attorney, that this is an invitation to illegality? That is a statement without proof. Just at the moment when Hitler was looking extremely vulnerable, there was a most unexpected development. The pro-Nazi judge suddenly announced that Lytton's interrogation had no relevance to the attack on the Eden Dance Palace. He silenced the chief prosecutor, halted the case, and then brought the trial to a dramatic close. His intervention saved Hitler the ignominy of being found guilty of sponsoring violence. Within two years of the court case, Hitler was to find himself Chancellor of Germany. He would never forget the humiliation he received at the hands of Hans Lytton. Indeed, he turned an angry shade of red at the very mention of Lytton's name. On one notable occasion, he shouted at the Crown Prince Wilhelm of Prussia, Anyone who advocates for Lytton goes in the concentration camp, even you. Lytton's glittering legal career did not long last after the Eden Dance Palace trial. He had one more attempt at prosecuting the Nazis in January 1932, but it was no more successful than the last. He must surely have known that the writing was on the wall. On the night of the Reichstag fire, less than a month after Hitler became Chancellor, Lytton was arrested and incarcerated in Spandau prison. For the next five years, he was brutally beaten, interrogated and tortured. In the summer of 1937, he was sent to Dachau concentration camp and realised that the end was near. On the 5th of February 1938, in the middle of the night, he took his own life. Hitler was haunted for many years by the memory of Lytton's cross-examination. Long after his death in Dachau, he forbade anyone from mentioning Lytton's name in his presence. If you've been listening and enjoying the show so far, I'd really appreciate if you left a review on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you listen. We love providing the show to you free of charge and reviews help more listeners to find our show and know what it's about. Thanks again. Thanks again.